This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. You're listening to the TMS Podcast from BBC Radio 5 Live. One of England's greatest ever batsmen has announced his retirement from international cricket. Drives his time. He's beaten the infield. The ball's racing towards the boundary square of the wickets. And Alistair Cook becomes England's all-time leading run scorer in the history of Test cricket. Yes, Alistair Cook will call time on his England career after the fifth test against India, which starts on Friday. In a statement, Cook said he can retire with a big smile on my face, knowing I've given everything and there's nothing left in the tank. It'd been on my mind for about 12 months, I suppose. I think obviously giving up the captaincy is kind of the start of that. Um, had that worked playing and not being captain? Yeah, well, I, I thought it had. It, it worked okay. Um, you know, I, I hope I wasn't an issue for Ruti. Let you know, obviously trying to give him space and a new, as a new captain to to grow into the role to get his ideas across the team. And you know, there was a couple of times where he he would have spoken, uh, and I probably would have disagreed with what he was saying. But you know, so I had to bite my tongue and just Get let. Oh, well, you do, you do. Yeah. And I, that that would have been the only times I've probably found it a little bit awkward where he was saying stuff, and actually I thought possibly we should go down a slightly different route. But you know, I had my time as captain, so that was kind of the thing. I I really enjoyed playing without without the pressure and the stress of captaincy. I did it for what fifty odd games, so it was quite nice to just set back and into that role. But I suppose as time went on, I think probably. All that captaincy, all the stuff which happens in a career, kind of, kind of wore, wore you down. That it was, I felt it was time to, to step away at some stage. And was it? Was it can you remember? Was there an absolute sort of definitive moment where you thought, right, that, that's it. I'm, 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 I'm going to pull the plug on. Well, this well New Zealand, that New Zealand tour. Uh, after the Ashes, we obviously went back out to New Zealand. And I remember speaking to Chris Silverwood, who was then the assistant coach, mm. a couple of times about it. So he was kind of the first person to, to kind of get my you know, to know that I was kind of wavering. And he was like, just go home. Well, see, I don't know whether it's New Zealand, you're miles away from home or whatever. I didn't score any runs in those two test matches. And he said, just go home, have a, have a month away from it and, and, and see. And I, I, I felt a bit re-energised after that. But I suppose you, you top up a little bit and then it, you come down again. And, mm. and I knew halfway through that India series that, um, that was that was going to be the end of it this summer. Right. And Alice? I mean, I, when, when did she start getting involved in this? Well, well she didn't really until um, well, and, and, until the, I suppose the, fam- the famous text messages I sent her. So I, I made my decision at Trent Bridge after I was out in the second innings. The runs weren't, you know, obviously were helping. I wasn't scoring any runs, but it, it was almost irrelevant for me. Um, even if I was scored 100 there, what I was thinking, what I was experiencing, I kind of knew that it was time. And, in what yeah. way, though? Because people were saying, "What you? What you were? You weren't an old, an old lag hanging on in there." I mean, you know, scored all these thousands of runs. No one scored more. Why? What? What is it actually that makes you think that, or makes you know? Actually, I've had enough. I can't carry on. Well, I just, I just wasn't feeling that same buzz to play for England and have, have that same drive as I once had. And, and then it's, it's kind of that moment you admit to yourself that it is, and you're kind of intrigued what other stuff life could happen or in your life and kind of the next part of it and but it was it was just that little bit of an edge in my mind I felt yeah I just I just felt it and I and that was that was it so I kind of made the decision during that Trent Bridge test match and I went home to go and went home went back to the hotel to go and tell Alice this was my decision and a lot of the times where you're kind of down in the dumps and you um 
you're not scoring runs and you, you have a few of the poor me moments. You know, it's like Alice is very good at just kind of giving me a kick up the backside, say, go and have a beer, then go training and go and hit some balls and stop feeling sorry for yourself and go and score some runs. It's like kick up the backside, that kind of moment. This, so I was kind of half dreading telling her, thinking she was going to say the same thing again. So you did it by text? But I did it by text because, <laughs> well, you know me. Um, anyway, so the family are up and obviously she was very heavily pregnant with was then our third child, which obviously didn't know boy or girl, but it turned out to be Jack. Um, and we ended up just watching the Inbetweeners movie that night, and I just I bottled it that night. We were laughing, <laughs> laughing away at this Inbetweeners movie. Like one of those just silly, and we'd seen it a couple of times before, and just I, I just thought, you know what, I, just can't, I don't want to, not ruin, I don't want us to have an argument, or a, she said, you've got to carry on, do this, and then we have that discussion there. So I just, I left it, because I was having a really nice evening, a couple of beers and whatever, and then the next morning I got to the ground, and you meant to hand your phone in, um, but I was just like, do you know what, this is, I've got to do it. So I, I, sent, I sent a text message, obviously trying to word it right. You know on WhatsApp, you see the typing thing, don't you? Yep. You can see Alice was typing, typing. I was like, you're almost dreading the reply in one sense, if it's this when you're so convinced, and then you just, well, it, it, it seemed like five, ten minutes, but so I was expecting this long essay back, and she just said, I know. And I was just like, oh, all right. <laughs> and then I went, that was, that was it. I was like... So she obviously, you know, she's not, she's not silly. And she obviously, when you know someone quite well, you, you spend a lot of time with them. She obviously saw signs and probably just didn't bring it up as didn't want to, yeah. you know, like, I suppose, put my thoughts in my mind or whatever. So, um, Can you know what you'd said in the first place? Did you say that, I'm, I've decided I'm going to quit? Yeah, what, so I, actually, I, I suppose I could probably scroll through and, <laughs> and actually find the text message in one sense. But um, It was short and it was to yeah, the point. Yeah, it was, yeah, it, was, it was like, it wouldn't have been very, very long. And then actually I told Jimmy that afternoon. And you know, sometimes you tell something, tell someone something, and you almost wish you hadn't said it. You know, it was almost like I was like, I was really interested, like, because only at that, that stage, obviously, I knew, and that, obviously, Alice knew. But I thought telling a close friend, or, you know, a guy I played a lot of cricket with, I wonder whether I'd regret saying it. Because once someone knows like that, that's it. It's kind of like yeah. whatever happens, even if I change my mind, he would always know I had that kind of conversation. So, and when I said it to him, like, there was none of that. That was just more relief, actually. That was the first one. And he was just like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, man, I'm just, I'm just, I just, yeah, I'm, it's sad, but I just know, I just know it's right. And then... Um, he didn't try and talk you out of it? No. Well, I did it on the balcony in the middle of a game. So <laughs> it was very hard to, with, uh, the, you know, the Trent Bridge, there's only two of us there. So it would, any time, someone could have walked back into the yeah. thing. Yeah. And then, obviously, then it was like a matter of what organising, how to do it, I suppose, in the right way without without being egotistical and having a big fanfare like I didn't like, really want that but you end up well actually what other way of doing it? there's no other way of doing it really there's a few questions about places about my question marks about my place and team so got to Southampton kept it really quiet at Southampton told Brody like before the game and Rooty so I went to play golf with Rooty I think Rooty knew I said like let's play you know at Southampton the golf course but behind the hotel let's go and play nine holes He's like, come on then, what's happening? And so on the first hole, I think I must have been over a three-foot putt or something trying to put me <laughs> off. But um, he, and he just said like he knew as well. So, so that was it. And I just, I just, the only thing I didn't want was it to get out. I don't like some, like, it's amazing how many leaks or what, you know, <laughs> every story seems to come out the day before it should come out. You know, yeah. I knew as captain, all these stuff. It, it really, so I, the only thing I wanted, I wanted to be in control of it. I don't know why, I just didn't want any rumours to get out. I didn't want it to be... You know, a headline somewhere before I told my mum and dad, or told, or whatever, and and also told the team. So, yeah, as only as Southampton, and, and fair play to everyone that everyone kept it 
really quiet until, I suppose, you, I think you announced it, didn't you? I can tell you that Alistair Cook has just announced that he'll retire from international cricket at the end of this season. No one's played more times, but 160 tests. He's scored more runs, more than 12,000. Captained England more often or played more tests consecutively than Cook. He scored 32 hundreds, five of them double hundreds, and as captain, he led England to two Ashes wins. But you told a journalist. You trusted a journalist <laughs> at Southampton. Well, now knowing you, now knowing you and all the tricks you've played on me, I shouldn't have told you. No, I, I told you in dinner. We went for dinner. and we. Well, we did because I think I sort of knew. And I remember I met you, it was, it was the day before the match, and we were chatting in the pitch, and I said, come on, let's go and have some dinner if you've got time. Because I, I think, I, I guess, can't you can yeah, see you? And, and actually, to be, to be fair, you've been you, around a lot. You, 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 you did trust me, and, and so yeah, we, we, we did sit on it. And I wasn't, I wasn't surprised. I must say, it, no. it just seemed that it was the, it's the right sort of a time to do it. So then they've got this whole process because you're right. I mean, you've got. <laughs> I mean, it just becomes the big finale, then, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and you know, that is that is pressure. Well, I, I, I mean, what I've obviously told the lads at Southampton, and then Jimmy and I went. Back actually, just back via Straussy to tell Straussy. Um, just again, I, I can't remember if he was still director of cricket or not, but Ruth wasn't very well. So we, it was one of those good, like to go and see on the way home. Yes. We stopped in to go, I can't remember Straussy was still in charge. I think he was. I think, I, I think he must have been for me to think. So mm. me and Jim went to go and see him and, and tell him as well. Um, uh, was he expecting it? I don't, I don't know. No. I mean, you know, I think he probably had, well, I'm not, I know he had a lot of other things on his yeah. mind because. Of, of, we all know that, that, how that panned out but I went to see him and then Jimmy and I played golf and I think you read it out didn't you yes. there here's his statement after much thought and deliberation over the last few months I've decided to announce my retirement from international cricket at the end of this test series against India although it's a sad day I could do so with a big smile on my face knowing I've given everything and there's nothing left in the tank I've achieved more than I could ever have imagined and feel very privileged to have played for such a long time alongside some of the greats of the English game the thought of not sharing the dressing room again with some of my teammates was the hardest part of my decision but I know the timing is right I've loved cricket my whole life from playing in the garden as a child and will never underestimate how special it is to pull on an England shirt. So I know it's the right time to give the next generation of young cricketers their turn to entertain us and feel the immense pride that comes with representing your country. There are too many people to thank individually, but a special mention must go to the Barmy Army and all supporters for their constant encouragement for the team. And also a special mention to Graham Gooch. As a seven-year-old, I queued for his autograph outside Essex County Cricket Club and years later was so fortunate to have him mentoring me. Graham was my sounding board, especially in the early years of my career, spending hour after hour throwing balls at me with his dog stick. He made me realise you always need to keep improving whatever you're trying to achieve. My family and I have had 12 wonderful years fulfilling my dreams and this couldn't have been done without them. So I wish to thank my parents, my brothers, my wife Alice and her family for the quiet, unwavering support support behind the scenes. As cricketers who travel frequently, we often don't realise just how important our families are to our success. I'd also like to thank Essex for their help and support ever since I was 12, and I can't wait to get fully involved with them in the 2019 season. So he is going to carry on playing for Essex for a year or two, who knows quite for how long, but basically Alistair Cook uh, England's longest-serving player, captain and everything else, uh, is announced that this next Test match starting on Friday will be his last one. And then from that moment, it was 
I, I found it uncomfortable. I've got a great photo of me and Jimmy playing golf, and it'd been out announced the next day. So it was, it was on the papers, and there was a picture of me saying, England legend calls it a day. I'm not calling myself a legend. That was just the headline. I'm reading it at Woven Golf Course, and Jimmy takes a photo and snaps it. And said, the one thing I like about Cookie, he had no, he's not, no ego no whatsoever. Ego. <laughs> and I thought it was quite funny. So I enjoyed, I enjoyed that bit. And then, and then Ed Smith rang me and said, do you want to play this game? And I was like, well, yeah, I, th- I think I do. Um, I do want to play this game. Um, but then, then I suppose in your, in your mind, as it always does when you're processing stuff like this, it, oh, God, the whole week's going to be about me. It's going to be, you know, brilliant in one way, and I'll enjoy it. But also, if I don't, what if I don't score runs? What if I don't do well? It's, it's embarrassing. You know, it, so it'd be, it, then that dawned on me that, I'll, you know, everyone's texting me saying, as if I died, I suppose. <laughs> like, actually, one person did text me saying, are you dead? All this nice stuff people are writing about you. <laughs> um, and... Oh, just what doesn't matter what, what you do in this game. Just, what's the point? Just what, what's, enjoy. what's the worst thing that could have happened? Well, you got a pair. Yes. And you. And that have been awful. I, I mean, looking back now, probably not. Don Bradman got naught. I know. Like, but looking back now, like when when it's all of a, it, unfortunately a bit of irrelevance, isn't it? It's just a game of cricket. It probably mm. is like. Um, but there's that personal pride, isn't there? That's that. The ovations I got walking down the stairs and all that stuff was just, was was spectacular. But did I take him in? No, because I was so focused on trying to trying to score some runs and down the stairs come the two England openers Keaton Jennings but in front Alistair Cook and listen to the crowd what a reception everyone on their feet a wonderful cheer for Alistair Cook the Indians are lined up and Alistair Cook walks between them all. They're applauding. And Keaton Jennings actually goes round the side. That's a nice gesture. Here at Coley shakes Alistair Cook by the hand. And the two openers who travel here on the underground together today punch gloves. And now battle can commence. But that's a lovely reception. It really is. It's interesting that clearly part of the reason to go up was the pressure of it all and the relentlessness of, of, of opening the batting for England and so on. And yet by, by choosing to play in that game, you've actually heaped a load more yeah, on um, yourself. And, and, but obviously it worked out OK in the end and, and, and it was a really good finale for it, um, for me and the closure and everything. So. so the first innings, I mean, you're batting nicely, actually. Yeah, got I mean, 71. I, yeah, and then I think Boomer got me out, didn't he? Boomer bowls to him. He's bowled him! Boomer has got through... India have their second wicket and no Cook 100 today in his final test match. He's battled out there and he's produced his highest score this summer, but it will not be three figures. Alistair Cook walks off and they're standing up around the oval and applauding him. I, I thought that was my opportunity gone. You know, like if I'm totally honest with you, like. But would you settle for that though, actually? Yeah, I, I, I would have done, but there was that bit inside me, like when I sat down and got out thinking, you know, I, I had a chance there to do something quite special. And, and that was my moment. I got in and, you know, I, I did all the hard yards. And I, and I suppose probably that kind of, kind of made it the decision, like, right, easy, kind of easy in my mind. I was thinking, that's probably what I'm missing, like, the ability to go on and score 100 or whatever and that, so that kind of thing it was nice the ovations but there was as always as cricket ends in disappointment doesn't it so it was like the, the disappointment of it yeah. was there were you sort of counting down the days of the game as well thinking I've only got two days left oh, I've only got no. one day left no, no, I just, I, 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 apart from obviously 
you know, I just tried to enjoy it. I tried to, apart from the extra scrutiny, the interviews before, and you know, I suppose the unwanted attention, which I knew was going to happen. I'm not being silly. I'm just like I just tried to enjoy the game, make sure every night I had some beers in the dressing room. Really, t- I took up the out, took in the kind of the moment, except when I was batting. That makes sense. Yeah. All oh, like the family because they were all there. And, and they're obviously, and Alice particularly, but your parents as well, they've all been such a part of all this as well. I mean, and your brother, I mean, were they all saying goodbye to something as well? Could, could you feel them sort of being emotionally attached well, to the whole I, thing? I, I don't know. I, I, I've never really asked, asked them that question. I just think they had a good five days. Like, and yeah, look, it's, yeah, the support I had from my family throughout the, the 12, it was unrelenting. The 12 years, the, the, the years before I played cricket, was and it, the quiet, unrelenting support. I never had, you know, my mum and dad never did an interview. Alice never did an interview. Which I tried to persuade her on. <laughs> and actually, that probably one time, now looking back, I, I'm, I'm sad that she didn't, because I think she would have interviewed quite well. And be on TMS, which I think she would have quite oh God, enjoyed. So, she was so close. I just, I just slipped from my grasp. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they missed miss coming up and watching and whatever but it was great for the kids like um, Elsie I don't mean Elsie whether she remember Isabel she was two so I doubt it but you know you hope you hope they do it now actually now coming to Essex they love it you yes. know coming to watch put the Essex shirt on guess it's cap on and you know they know some of the players you know, uh, and they really really enjoy coming to watch but, but, but Alice, I mean, for, for the wives and girlfriends, I mean, there is that kind of, sort of relationship all going on there that, that, that she would now be removed from. Yeah, look, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a massive change of lifestyle, isn't it, yes. in life and, and, and at a young age. It's most, most people in their lives, you know, everything kind of moves in kind of a steady stove upwards with promotions and this, and they're kind of one way, it's like yep. a massive cut in. It's a fairly brutal thing. And that's why I carried on playing for Essex and, you know, if, have really enjoyed that bit. So, yeah, I mean, it is, it's a big change for Alice, big change for us as a family, but, yeah. So, second innings, walking out. You've, you've got your 71 tucked away, so you've got something in the bank. Was that, was, that, was that what you were thinking? No, I mean, actually, the game was quite evenly poised, actually. and It was a really good cricket wicket, because if you missed your length, you could score, but if you got it right, there was a little bit of nip. And I yeah. reckon in that second innings, I played and missed about 20 times, <laughs> at the, the luckless man with Shami, and, I, and then laughed as I hit one. But India came really hard at us because they dragged themselves back into that game. They, I think Jadeja got a few, didn't he? Yes. Like, towards the end, and we were only 40 ahead after probably looking like we were going to get a bigger lead than that. And, and it was really tough, and I really enjoyed it. But what, was saying, what I kept saying to my ma- in my mind was, don't make this your last ball. I just repeated that. Every innings, until, really? you know, ironically, until I got out that last ball, and but um, that's all I kept saying. Don't make his last ball. So we fought really hard, and me and Keaton fought really hard just before tea, and then I think he got out. And me and Moen, we scrapped hard until tea, and then Rooty came in. Obviously, he changed the momentum a little bit. But the only place I got really, really nervous, I suppose, was the last half an hour of that day, because. I'd organised a box for all my like, friends to come down, like from the farms and from school or whatever. And I, I, and I, I thought it'd be really sad if they you know, came down. And, and I never thought they'd see me bat, especially when you win the toss and bat. You're not normally batting on day four, are you, on yes. the first game. So I thought that was kind of gone. But suddenly there was this opportunity to do it. And I was like, right, really dig in here, really concentrate and don't make a mistake. Not little Gucci, don't make a mistake. And um, yeah, so the last 20 minutes I was... Yeah, just really focusing on trying to be nice for them to experience yeah. me batting my last game. So they helped you focus in it. Yeah, they did, but it made yeah. me a little nervous because I felt like I was playing for them, and that makes sense, playing it for them. Um, but yeah, luckily, I think I think Rooty faced the majority of the last 
two or three over just the way it happened. So I didn't have too many balls. And I remember him last ball of the day, he got singles, sprinted trying to get back for the two. It's like, well, it could have been a two, but I was having none of it. I literally just jogged down, said, shouted no like that. Because I didn't want to face the first ball the next day because I knew that that would be quite a yeah. like an emotional thing and the big build-up and all that kind of stuff. And then, again, I'll be, I think I was on 40 yard and don't get out first. I didn't want to be get out the first ball of the morning and everything's a massive anticlimax. So I let root. I thought, I'll just let Rooty have the first one in the morning. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the ovations all the way through. I mean, the, the crowd was willing your way. The next day, it was just every little milestone. It's standing ovations. It was, it was, I mean, it was exhausting watching it. What else would like playing? <laughs> right, Cook is on his way, coming down ahead of Jennings at the far end of the ground. Uh, let's have a look around the ground. Everyone standing up and applauding Alistair Cook as he makes his way out to bat for England for the final time. And a huge roar as well. Normally reserved for a player who's made a double hundred. Punch of the gloves with Jennings. Really strange moment for any cricketer. Roared to the wicket and he hasn't scored a run yet. In he goes, bowls to Cook, a silence as he works that away. as a good Cut. stroke, that's four. Speeding away over the square. And people are standing down there as Alistair Cook reaches his second half century of the match in his final test. And I'll tell you what's a lovely shot to bring it up to one of his trademark strokes off his pads. (laughs) He's 51 not out. He wants more. But there's the first landmark. Yeah, it was lovely. It was like again, it was a yeah, very surreal moments, and I suppose because I seem to be batting a fair bit in that game, there's lots of coming off at lunch, coming yes. off at walking out again to to a brilliant thing. And that's you know one of the things that England players are very lucky with is the support that we get. And I think that week really humbled me. Actually, genuinely felt like the genuine support through, for you know through your career, you always have tough moments, don't you? Like we lost five nil, lost five nil twice in Australia, lost so many games, had some really tough games of cricket for England, had a bit of a tough period as a batsman as captain and, and, and you feel as if people want you to fail a bit you know you don't know if they want you still to be kept do you know what I mean you just don't know do you when sure. you're in that moment and yeah. as quite rightly so people you want England to win and, and you just don't know generally do you like are you well liked but I think that one time at the end it kind of was appreciation what I suppose what I went through as, as an opening batsman in England as of my career yeah so when do you start really thinking I could, I could finish with 100 here I think, so go, going into day four, it, it was like, just get in again. Let's just get, get in. Actually, someone texted me, he needed four or something to average 45. I was like, right, let's try and get four then. And then, <laughs> and then but I just kept on saying, don't make it your last ball, as I said. Don't make it your last ball. And I got to, I suppose, got to, I suppose, 75, went past Sangakara, and then that was a big cloud. I went to Ruti and I said, I didn't know about that. Obviously, I did. I was like, obviously, I didn't actually know like how many runs I needed, but like he was laughing. And then getting to the eighties, I'm like, right, this is, this is it. This is my one opportunity. This is the last opportunity you have a chance to. Yeah. And and how did that feel? And how does it feel counting down to that hundred then? Well, again, I think I suppose that game kind of suppose summed up my my career in one sense that for all the other stuff going on in whatever away from the game or at the game, whatever. 
the majority of the time, not all the time. I'm gonna, you know, it sounds like when you look back, you, you always felt like this when you're batting. But I had the ability to park a lot of the other stuff and just focus very singly minded and very isolated on just one incident, which is that one ball coming down, and mm. I, and that's all I did. And you know the hundreds there, you know it's getting closer, the opportunity to get closer. But the skill is, is not to look at the end goal, is it? It's to keep yourself in the present all the time. Keep it going, keep it going. That kind of relentless nature of it. And, and that's, I suppose that's all I did, really, and, and, until you get really close. And then you, <laughs> then you start playing. Like, I, I, I'm going to go a little bit off tangent here. Cause I never got 100 against Australia in England. Um, and not that it matters, but it frustrated me that I never did. Yeah. And I got to 96... Um, at Lords, you know, they got millions, and we were grinding away. And I was properly grinding away. I got to ninety-six and seventy-ninth over or seventy-eighth over, and Mitchell Marshall's bowling. And I thought, oh, the new ball's round the corner. I'm going to get it before the new ball. And I aimed a big, expansive drive, got an inside edge on the thing. And you know, however many games I'd played then, it was 2015. I looked too far ahead. Right. And it was a massive learner for me. It's like what, and I walked. Off the and I'm doing like why was I worried about the new ball that's like you know getting nicked off by the new ball I was like well no and then actually ironically you know the first ball, ball of the second of my second innings was a leg stump half volley of the new ball which was like hit it for four I was just like if that ever just proves to you you just got to mm. s- try and stay in the moment so yeah I, that's all I did all I did in the 90s and then you know you get close and I was like no just play it don't make it your last ball and that moment, I mean, because it was bizarre, really, wasn't it? Yeah. How, how it came Brilliant. about. Brilliant. I mean, I suppose it's fitting as Boomer because he kind of caused me so much trouble since he kind of came back into that side at Trent Bridge and um, at Southampton. So, yeah, I just, as of Judasia, like, don't cut the ball coming in, but I felt okay to do it and just knocked out for one. He had quite a similar field, I suppose, you know, with that deep point out for the protection because I'd been scoring a few through, through the offside and I just hit it for one, right? 90, I think it was that would take me to 97, I think. I was like, oh, one more. Yeah. And then I didn't see the throw. Right. I didn't see the throw. I was just jogging in. I'm, I'm not the quickest between the wickets. And, and then just Rudy said, get in, get in. Because obviously, because I was dawdling, encouraged Boomer to throw it. Then, so obviously then you turn around. And all I can then see, I didn't actually see the ball go past me, is Rudy going run, run or something. And then I looked and see Brajara, my favourite fielder, to ever chasing a ball. It's quite slow. <laughs> Thinking, well, you ain't getting that. And no. you, you know from that from that very instant that yeah. you, you've kind of got that hundred. Moves to ninety-seven. The crowd applauding. Oh, it's overthrows! <laughs> oh my word! That's going to run away to the boundary. It is. Crook's done it. He's reached his hundred in his final Test match. What an astounding achievement! England's leading run scorer of all time. He takes his helmet off, the crowd go berserk. What a way to get to it. He got to 100 at the Oval like that years ago against Pakistan. He's done it again now in his last match. He's embraced warmly by Joe Root. What a magnificent moment. And the crowd just giving waves and waves of applause. Everyone on their feet. Well, you couldn't write it, could you? A 50 and a 100 in his first test. A 50 and a 100 in his last. I think this, of course, may go on till lunchtime, actually. <laughs> wow, what a moment oh. for 
Cook. Yeah. What was so nice to see as well, Joe Root noticed earlier that the ball was going for overthrows and he celebrated. And then once they both saw each other, it was an embrace. Both family, all family are here, wife, children. Very special moment indeed. Wow. Wow. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this at the Oval. And I don't think they want to stop. They'll just keep going, I think. As well they may. It's not the way you'd expect to get to 100. <laughs> he's, he's waving his bat again. It's like an encore in a theatre. I think he's trying to get the crowd now to calm down and let Root have a go. <laughs> but they don't want to stop. They're just going to go on clapping. And the, and the feeling, I mean... Yeah, like, I mean, probably the most emotional I ever, I suppose, got close to in that moment, just because of the, the reaction, the kind of the dream finish. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it, it was very humbling, very humbling. It took forever, didn't it, for the next ball. And I remember walking down to Rutia, don't get out and concentrate, please, buddy. You know, don't, because he then had to face because we hit five, so I was at the non-strikers. And, I mean, it was like this constant noise. It was yeah. very, very special. That's twice overthrows have come to not your rescue exactly, but I mean, they're, they're plenty I think of key rescued parts, me. Yeah, well, well, you know what I mean? Yeah, defined the, the one. Yeah. At, I mean, the, I, the one at, you're talking about the one in the Oval yes. here again, aren't you? With the um, with that century that scored against Pakistan when, when yeah. people was literally saying, "We're not sure that you should yeah. be picked for Australia." Yeah, yeah, and played a nice defensive shot to Mohammed uh, yes. Asif. He you just hurled it for four, <laughs> threw it over the keeper. Yeah. It was lovely. Did you did you think about? At any stage about changing your mind, because the way you'd finished, and you still proved that you could play, obviously, um, that you were good enough. Did, did it ever cross your mind? No, not, a, not a, during that game, no. I, I, I think it was, you know, you know me pretty well that once you make a decision, you know, I'm, I'm fairly stubborn. <laughs> you are. And actually, part of my success, part of a lot of my success is down to that. So a lot of my failings are probably down to that as well. But no, like it was, um, you know, very clear, clear to me. Was a dream come true, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was so special and such a defining way to finish. And Alistair Cook is out for 147. Immediately, the Indians run up and they shake him by the hand. And the Oval crowd, all 18,000, are on their feet. That was just so unexpected. And the Indians are all queuing up now to say well done. And Johnny Bairstow, the new batsman runs down to slap him on the shoulder well there we go we didn't know when it was going to happen we knew it would happen oh there we go we get the full the full flourish of the bat he turned and in a slightly gladiatorial way although he's never uh, an exaggerator of things Alistair Cook understated I would say but yet when you know him you know actually that's very heartfelt he scored his 100, that's the big news here today. And now it's a chance for people just to say thank you. And that kind of crowns it all, is it? I mean, there you go, it's done. Yeah, it is done. Um, but what a game of cricket is. Alistair, I'm going I'm I'm, to... I don't think it'll be our last interview, no. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> but, but thank you for everything that you've done for all of us too. And all the listeners, I think the, the reaction, the response and, and the feel of warmth that you must have from everybody must have, must have been quite overwhelming, wasn't it? Yeah, it's been an, it has just been one of, the, the, just one of the great weeks. You're listening to the TMS Podcast from BBC Radio 5 Live. Yo, I'm George the Poet. 
And this is the BBC Concert Orchestra. Have you heard George's podcast? Some might say it's political, full of immersive stories. Some might just like the fire poetry. We go from thoughts in my head to the ends, to the things that have yet to be said. Black power, relationships, music, education, violence, influence and deep conversations. Some have said it's hard to define. Find out what it's about. Jump into Have You Heard George's podcast, Chapter 3. Listen on BBC Sounds.